0: Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, happy Chinese New Year. Same to you, Nelson. Chinese New Year is coming up on Tuesday. I don't know why it's, called, why it's designated for my ethnicity, Chinese New Year. Shouldn't it be called Asian New Year? or it, Well, technically, it's the Lunar New Year. But mm-hmm. why, why do we always get designated the Chinese New Year? I have no idea.
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, Japanese celebrates New Year too. Like, you know, we have this big thing about Pandimochi, but it's never called Japanese New Year. Right. So I
0: don't right. know. Right. It's not it's not Filipino New Year. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know. So it's the year of the pig. I thought it would be fun to read people born in the year of the pig, their personality and characteristics. So cool. If you were born in the year of pig, here is what I found on Chinese New Year dot net. And it says, (laughs) Pigs might not stand out in a crowd, but they are very realistic. Others may be all talk and no action, but pigs are the opposite. Though not wasteful spenders, they will let themselves enjoy life. They love entertainment and will occasionally treat themselves. They are a bit materialistic, but this is motivation for them to work hard. Being able to hold solid objects in their hands gives them security. They are energetic and are always enthusiastic even for boring jobs. If given the chance, they will take positions of power and status. They believe that only those people have the right to speak and that's what they want. So <laughs> that is the personality if you are born the year of the pig. Hopefully that that kind of matches your personality and and if you if you don't know if you're born the year of the pig, people born in 1959, 71, 83, 95, 2007 and this year 2019. You are the year of the pig.
1: You you know what strikes me about that whole year of the pig description you gave?
0: Yeah. What was that? The myriad
1: of ways that we will try to figure out how to call someone cheap without saying cheap. (laughs) Did you you hear that spending part?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Just like there are so many creative ways people just like just say that they're cheap. It's cool. No, that's (laughs) not it. Well, they say uh, no wasteful spending or no frivolous spending. I guess no wasteful
0: spending. For me, the new movie that came out is Spider-Man: Return of the Spider Verse. And if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, there's there's a spider there's a Spider-Man character that's called uh, Spider Pig. The Spider Pig is very enthusiastic, or Spider Ham. It's very enthusiastic <laughs> and energetic. And this is kind of the, what describes the the year of the pig for me. <laughs> now, you're not born in the year of the pig, correct? No. What? I'm the year of the ox. Year of the ox. And I am year of the goat or aka year of the sheep or year of the ram. I don't know. It's synonymous with all three. I have no idea which one I am. Mm-hmm. This is, I have personality issues. I guess multiple personalities. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> My brother is born the year of the pig. But anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Chinese New Year, everyone, by the way. We have a great show. This is episode 21. We have a lot of things to recap. Monica, man, it was a busy week. yeah (laughs) you didn't notice Um, and we have a lot of events for this upcoming week to talk about too so
1: yeah I felt like the holidays are catching up with us where we're just kind of sitting around in our pajamas
0: now it's just like every day (laughs) tell me about it so let's go ahead and get started Monday we got to visit Queen Anne Coffee Company up in the upper Queen Anne area Mm -hmm. what an awesome baker I've
1: you know, never given pretzel rolls a lot of thought because for me, pretzel rolls are either good or they're not. These were fantastic. These challah pretzel rolls. And also they made cinnamon rolls out of challah dough too. Um, Pretzel rolls were so buttery and soft inside and they were served with uh, honey and butter, but you really didn't need it. Like there was such sweetness and softness to the dough. I just, I fell in love.
0: I really love those pretzel hollow rolls as well. I wanted, to make, I wanted to make sandwiches out of them, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> we, we, we were there around in the morning. They were so gracious. They said, make whatever you want after eating their her vegetable quiche, as well as the pretzel hollow rolls, as mm-hmm. well as some cinnamon rolls, I, a mocha and a latte. I was, I was done. Mm-hmm. I was done. But it seemed like a very airy space to get Mm -hmm. your work done if you're if you want to work remotely and then Mm -hmm. just or just to meet up for a quick coffee and a sandwich that that was kind of the vibe I was feeling and I I just love (laughs) it
1: yeah, you're always so obsessed with sandwiches and making things into sandwiches. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I'm, all, I'm also <laughs> obsessed into good lighting. And there was so much good lighting around that area to take pictures There too. was. Yeah.
1: You guys, I mean, that, you know, just in, in just the background of the owner, Brie, um, in design, like you can see why it's such a beautiful space. But the best lighting is on the back patio, which they're working on getting heated right now. Just the colors and how the light is, the natural light is coming through. Yeah, just awesome shots out
0: of there. it's a great neighborhood spot if you're in the Queen Anne area she turned from graphic illustrator into a baker and then opened up the shop so give them Mm -hmm. give them a chance Uh, check them out Queen Anne coffee company all right Monica where else did we get to go to
1: Oh, we went to go visit our friends at Pike Brewing Company for a, a food tech meetup. It was The Future of Beer, and it was a panel of uh, folks in the industry. And boy, you know, I'd never been to a panel like this, and so I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, you know, we started off the night with really great beer and some food from the restaurants, from Tankard and Ton, and from uh, the Pike Pub, but um, I'd never been to this kind of panel. Had you been to one, Nelson?
0: I participated in a vegan foodie panel, but it wasn't mm. it wasn't anything like this where there there was a lot of brewers, mm-hmm. a lot of people that were part of the brewing community. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. what, what would you say probably over fifty fifty participants and spectators and I mean there was a lot of people I mean we we mm. had to go to the lower level to get a get a table. <laughs> That's how many people there were.
1: Yeah, and we were on time. We weren't even yeah. late. <laughs> it was hard to find a seat. Um, no, for sure. Um, but what I loved was the passion because, you know, I like beer, but I'm not an expert. I mean, I know sort of the basic things. And, and so I've been learning over time. And so this event was fee- free. And so you could get a ticket on Eventbrite and you would get a, a free glass of beer and um, some of the sample, some of the food, and then you can buy whatever else you wanted. Um, but I thought it was a great opportunity for folks who want to learn more and just the passion and like some of the agreements and disagreements in the industry, and also just depending on what your product lines are, it was really fascinating. And um, I wasn't anticipating getting that into it,
0: but I was totally into it. I was like, Oh, listen right. to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some really interesting insights into beer. There was a good debate on plastics, mm-hmm. plastic bottles in beer, mm-hmm. as well as incorporating. Uh, potentially wine into beer in the up, yeah. in the upcoming year, but what I love about Pike Brewing Company at the beginning they put out kind of a food buffet, and they mm-hmm. incorporated their beers into the food. Yes. Right? They yes, used always. they used the a moho pork, but they used the beer into their. They had wings that were glazed with uh, Monk's Uncle's Ale, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy that they they were able to use beer into their food
1: yeah and that's always just a signature move from tankard and ton and uh pike brewing the ale glaze wings as you're saying the Moho pork and also anybody that serves beets is tops in my book so they had golden (laughs) beets and sugar tarts and so yeah
0: yeah love beets, love it love it so check out pike brewing company they're located near the pike place market and grab a beer from there and then monica would you consider this wednesday the peak of our recap i mean we we got (laughs) We went out of state, guys, (laughs) and we we went to Portland to visit Salt and Straw, and we did a kitchen tour with them.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, wow, yeah, we left Seattle at 7 in the morning and got back, I don't know, 9 at night maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so we visited uh, the kitchen for Salt and Straw in Southeast Portland. Um, I'd never been there before, so I didn't really know what to expect. And you and I both love touring and behind the scenes and kitchens and production facilities. So um, what, what really struck you about that tour? Oh,
0: awesome. the R&D. I think yeah. uh, we got to see their research and design kitchen, and there were two people that were, I'm not going to say anything, but they were working on some things that looked really good. So mm-hmm. uh, watch out because in the upcoming months, there's gonna have, they're going to have some monthly limited edition flavors coming up. And the other thing was, because we're in Seattle, they were making the Beecher's peppercorn brittle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite Seattle flavor, the Beecher's cheese and peppercorn toffee. Um, spicy and a little savory and smooth and creamy just from, uh, it's just, it's so good. If you guys haven't tried it, um, that's a standard Seattle flavor that you need to try.
0: Yeah. We're not going to talk any anymore about salt and straw because we have something coming up in the future. So just hold on to that. But we also did some food crawling as well while we're in Portland (laughs) too, as well.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, might as well. I mean, we got to eat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Monica, when we did our stories on our personal Instagram account, as well as our Seattle foodie podcast account, we got so many comments about, you got to hit up this spot. You got to hit up this spot, (laughs) this new spot, just to let all our listeners know our food crawl was kind of a greatest hits tour. (laughs) Yeah. It was i don't know about you but for me personally i haven't taken any pictures of some of the great iconic portland restaurants so mm-hmm. we got to go to proud mary which is a fantastic brunch spot if you guys haven't gone everything was great the lighting was great the the coffee the the dishes i mean it was everything was perfect and then mm-hmm. after that we had lunch at nong's Man guy and if you have never had Hainanese chicken Uh, This is so good. This is probably one of the most well-done Hainanese chicken, probably on the West Coast or even in the United States. Uh, I'll go out to that if it's not hyperbole. And then after our kitchen tour in Salt and Straw, we went to Wailua Shave Ice because we couldn't get enough of cold cold desserts. (laughs) Then after Wailua Shave Ice, of course, you had to pick up stuff for your family. So Mm -hmm. we went to Blue Star Donuts to get some donuts there. And then when I looked at the clock, I it was still about four o'clock, and I said, "Monica, you know what that that means? Happy hour." Happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) And so, Pok Pok wings. We had to go to Pok Pok Noi and pay homage to Andy Ricker because Mm -hmm. he makes some of the best chicken wings, and these are Vietnamese sauce chicken wings. Oh, for sure,
1: for sure. And guys, about Proud Mary, I cannot emphasize this enough. Like the lighting is perfect. And I'm always saying that when businesses think about the design of their spaces, like lighting, you know, they're thinking about what the lighting looks like for diners there, which is no problem. They should be worried about what their food's going to look like when somebody takes a picture of it with the camera, with their uh, phone. And I have to tell you, like, I took shots with my phone and shots of my camera, and like, it's hard to figure out, like, which is a better shot. Like, the lighting was that good in just about every spot in that place. So, owners always remember that. Like, you want people. To sell your products on Instagram and like market you for free, be sure to have good lighting.
0: I couldn't agree more. Any other highlights from that Portland trip? For me, Monica, two words chicken skins. <laughs> <laughs> if you order the Hainanese chicken, pay the extra plus $2 to get the chicken skins. Now
2: they sell out (laughs) fast.
0: So you're going to have to get there probably around 11 or, or when they first open. but my goodness, the chicken skins, you put on the, it's like crackling. It's okay. It's not, it's crackling, but it's crack. It should be called crack. (laughs) Put it on top of the Hananese chicken and it is so delicious. Oh my gosh. I'm still thinking about it. I want to, I might have to make a trip down on Tuesday just to get, just to get some more of that.
1: Yeah, I guess Tuesday is probably the only day this week we're not doing something. I don't know if you are, but
0: I don't think we have anything. Oh, no, it's Chinese New Year. I totally forgot. Oh, Oh, no. Okay
1: oh man maybe it could be Asian New Year and you can have chicken skins anyway Uh, no there was there was a lot of great stuff I I don't think we ate any place that wasn't good and like you said greatest hits some places I can't go with my family for a variety of reasons and so I was glad to be able to go to those places with you Um, and I hadn't been back to Portland in almost five years um, for for personal reasons and so it was it was nice to be um, back Um, as a lot of folks may not know I actually lived in Portland for eight years. And so, um, but, but Nelson's right. People get so excited on my feed. I think the analytics behind like that video I have of Nong's Kalmangai is like just off the hooks. It's just like people love that (laughs) shot.
0: And then on Thursday, shout out to Fork Deep. We we interviewed her in one of our earlier shows and Thursday I got to visit Katanda. We already talked about Katanda in the previous episode, but I just want to let you know, I finally got a chance to visit them and Monica, the latte art, the coffee Mm -hmm. art. Listeners, if you are into latte art and big fans, More Coffee Shop is synonymous with latte art, right? They do fun and cute animals. But I'm going to let you know, Kitanda does latte art just as comparable. I got some Sunburst designs and then the staff at Redmond were so awesome. They were just playing around and they did a mocha in the shape of a Totoro or a cat character with the sunburst around it oh my gosh i'm i was blown away i was blown away by the by their designs and their work
1: Absolutely. I mean, I love their coffee and I love their food, anywhere from their cheese bites to oh, the acai bowls. Everything is, is so good there. And I've never been to the Redmond one, so but I, I saw your pictures and I was totally
0: jealous. Yeah, in the Redmond Town Center. They also have places in Green Lake as well as in Kirkland and the U District and South Center Mall mm-hmm. too as well. So lots mm-hmm. of places. So if you are not in the Redmond area, there are other locations too. And then... Mm-hmm. On Saturday, we got to do a tasting hosted by Annie Eats Food at Andari at the
1: Hyatt. yeah, it was it was a great event. It's been a long time since I've been to hang out with some of the foodies there and just really big names, you know, uh, TDT Eats, um, Seattle Foodie Adventure, Feed the Pudge, Fork Deep was there, mm-hmm. um, Emerald Palette, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, we got a chance to preview a pretty nice selection of the menu, starting with a cocktail to salads to pizza to pasta and, oh my
0: goodness, dessert. Love dessert. You know what I loved about it, Monica? I didn't have to rush taking any of the photos because, <laughs> because our friends like Tiny Hangry Tiff and Mon Mon mm-hmm, Eats and mm-hmm. Find Me in Seattle, mm-hmm. they they were all so patient and they didn't care about you know just like hurry up and eat nelson or you have five seconds or you have 30 seconds to eat three two and then i could i could have taken as many pictures as possible and i was not the only person that was afraid to take our pizzas or our pasta bowls outside for better lighting
1: (laughs) yeah well you know i I feel like you're talking to me when i'm like telling you you. um so what was interesting you guys is um what, what I loved about this event is that we saw a lot of friends there. And so Nelson and I didn't even sit together and I was even trying to troll him, but it was really hard to troll him because like everybody, like, like half the group was around him and like egging him on or like wanting the shot too. So I never got to troll him appropriately. And in the process, like I got trolled by fork deep. So, <laughs> but, but I felt like, I felt like that was good for us. I mean, we're friends. We spent a lot of time together, but also um, that, Sometimes we don't get to spend time with other foodies when we're in the same room together. So I love that. Like you and I barely talked that at that event. Like we yep. sat different places. We're hanging out with different people, and and I love that time. Not not that I don't love you, Nelson. I do. Like <laughs> I love you. You're my friend. But I did love um, talking to other folks and um, seeing different styles. Because as the pictures roll out, what we're seeing is. Same exact food, same exact place, but totally different interpretations visually of what oh, we saw that day.
0: Absolutely, totally different styles. Monica, mm-hmm. what was your favorite? Because I thought the fettuccine carbonara, as well as some of those pizzas that we had, like the duck confit pizza as well as the mushroom pizza and the prosciutto with egg, I thought it was breakfast pizza because they but <laughs> if you can you can eat it all day. So just to let you know.
1: Yeah, I like the carbonara. I mean, I prefer um, handmade pasta. Any restaurant that doesn't make their own pasta is going to have a problem with me. Um, I like the texture of the pasta, um, the size of it, and just the flavors. And so I'd say the carbonara was probably, probably the hit for me, um, aside from dessert, of course. I mean, yeah. I, I love gelato from gel- Gelatiamo, So um,
0: that's one of my faves. Oh, and those cannolis? Mm. Oh, So good. Those cannolis. I think I ate like four of those.
2: <laughs> Just,
0: like, people were slowing I, down and I was like, people were slowing down. I was like, I'm, I'm ramping up. <laughs> don't want to waste it. <laughs> don't, don't waste it. No, don't waste it. <laughs> You're going to eat that. <laughs> and Dari at the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Seattle on Howell Street. It's across the street from Mr. West Cafe. So mm-hmm. check them out. I'm glad that there are more and more restaurants in the heart of downtown Seattle, because when I go to other cities in downtown, there are a lot of really good restaurants there. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that downtown area is kind of lacking in terms of premier restaurants.
1: Yeah, I work in the business district. And I, I hate when like, I just had somebody visit from um, DC. And I've been to DC like five times. So when the person was coming, was just like, Oh, my gosh, where am I going to take them? There's no place, you know, like in, in the business district, there's pretty limited options for reasonably priced good food. And I'm just like, Oh, man, where am I going to go? Um, What I love about Andari is that they offer a to-go menu and they are hooked up with, I think, MealPal. And I looked at some of the prices and they're really reasonable for what you're getting for like, you know, a a pasta dish or a pizza. And so I suggest even if you don't have time to sit down to have a meal, like consider them for takeout because I'm always looking for options like that to take back to my desk and to my office.
0: I couldn't agree more. Well said. Monica, one last shout out. I got to go to Skillet out in Capitol Hill. And let me tell you, I miss the fried chicken Sammy. I haven't had fried chicken. I haven't had their fried chicken Sammy in so long. Yeah. There was a menu tasting there, and we got to we got to try it out. And they they just brought out stuff. They had the fried chicken sammy with the kale salad, which was my favorite. If you guys don't know, I was on a billboard <laughs> on the skillet <laughs> in South Lake Union. They quoted me as um this is probably my favorite chicken sandwich in, in Seattle. And I, I still think it is. I, so I had you know, no idea they put that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that actually, I was one of the people that posted it on my story. I, I kind of knew you and I think we met, but then I was walking by just like, why the hell is Nelson everywhere? Nelson eats this, Nelson eats that. And while it's napping them, I'll check this out, Nelson. <laughs> 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 but, but I actually am one of those people that happened to be walking the, the past the South Lake union, uh, Place and I saw the, the A-frame yeah. um, and so I think I still have it if you want to add that to your souvenir collection I
0: think I still have it somewhere in my <laughs> archives too as well it was a proud moment for me that back when I only had like 800 followers <laughs> so, <laughs> proud moment proud moment mm-hmm. all right well that was our recap for this past week and we have seven upcoming events and Monica let me start off yes Beecher's Cheese for All. Are you excited for this? Because you and I are both going to this one.
1: Oh, yeah. Totally excited. I'm a huge, huge fan of Beachers and local chefs and Mishima Reserve meat. And there's going to be tons of other local businesses there. I'm so excited to cheese it up.
0: <laughs> Me too. So this whole week, Beecher's Handmade Cheese is coming to four cities for the mm-hmm. Beecher's for All tour. Local chefs around Portland, Tacoma, Issaquah, and Seattle are battling it out to make their best versions of mac and cheese and cheeseburgers. Like you were saying, they're using Mishima Reserve meat for Seattle because we are specifically going to the Seattle event. Here are some of the announced chefs in Seattle. Ethan Stoll, Kaylin Mm -hmm. Schrammke of Adana, Scott Siff of Cortina, Corey Alfano of Little Woody's, Sean Mayhew of Ascend Prime, and Megan Coombs of Meg's. The tickets include the chef's version of their burger and a mac and cheese, as well as two drinks and a salt and straw ice cream and more. And then you can get tickets, Monica, on BeechersForAll.com. And I think I saw a post recently that they're almost selling out. So if you still want to go, um, this is a hot ticket. So make mm-hmm. sure you go to beachersforall.com and mm-hmm. get your ticket for this week.
1: For sure. Go get it.
0: The salt and straw ice cream sounds interesting because I think it's like an apple pie with cheese, with Beecher's cheese in it. Yeah. I think that's what I read on a Facebook post recently. All right. My turn. Monica, what do you got?
1: I got on Sunday, February 10th from 6 to 9 p.m. Get ready, folks, to fall in love with beer, chocolate, and savory bites at Pike Bruins Choco Fest. This event benefits the Washington Trails Association, who works to mobilize hikers and everyone who loves the outdoors to explore, steward, and champion trails in public lands. Now, important thing to remember, this is a 21-plus only event, but it includes... Food, a commemorative Chaco Fest glass, ten drink tickets, and live music. And the ticket price is sixty dollars plus some fees on stranger tickets. Uh, some of my favorite folks will be there, like Titan Cider Works, um, Woodenville Whiskey. Remember, um, we went to the Pike Anniversary Nelson, and then they had that one really smooth whiskey from Woodenville.
0: How can I? I took. I think I drank four of those last yeah. time we were there. <laughs> I think some cups walked away too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: I didn't take any cups. I, I, I personally did not take any cups. So. <laughs> that was, I think, my
1: somebody else's plus one. <laughs> um, but also Seattle chocolates will be there, and Franz chocolates, which we love, uh, Cherries and Etta's, just to name a few. Just so you know, you guys, that's only a portion of the distilleries, breweries. Candy folks, food folks, that'll be there. This is a great way to pre-funk into Valentine's day. Check out those tickets. Uh, Nelson, you excited about this
0: one? I am very excited about this one and I'm so glad it benefits the WTA or Washington trails Mm -hmm. association. I'm a big fan of Washington trails association and in the summertime or in the springtime, one weekend, I will go volunteer and help build up a certain trail just to help out the WTA. So I am one of the volunteers in WTA. So, um, I love hiking. Yes hikes are one of my favorites if you've had yeah. never seen my stories before in the summertime and spring i love doing mm-hmm. hikes yeah.
1: yeah usually like every friday you're out there hiking and definitely getting out more than me because you know on fridays i just catch a ferry and go eat some musubi on
0: one of the islands <laughs> I, try <laughs> ha- it's, it's, it, I try it's it's i try to hard. i try to be a little bit i try to get into the hikes yeah mm-hmm. monica i'm gonna wait in line for you so that you don't have to wait because i know you don't <laughs> have to wait in line really all but right, which line are you waiting in this time? I can't believe we haven't promoted this before, but Matcha Man is coming matcha back Man. in 2019. Mm-hmm. They took a little hiatus, but they are doing their first pop-up of the year, mm-hmm. and they are going to be this Saturday at Sansei from 12 to 4 p.m., Okay, and they're going to be serving their popular matcha flavor and a new flavor, which is buko pandan. According to their Instagram page, buko is young coconut and pandan is an Asian version of vanilla. In addition, Sansei will also be serving their rice bowls, including misoyaki chicken, terry beef, as well as salad bowls and salmon bowls. So Mm. this just kind of reminds me when I first went to Matcha Man when they were at the 45th Stop and Shop, where I was able Mm -hmm. to get both a teyaki soft serve cone as well as 45th Stop and Shop poke. I can get Mm -hmm. lunch and dessert at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's, That's so I'm kind of excited. I think we have the Beachers event a little bit later, but yeah, I might need yeah. to stop by Matcha Man and get some ice cream first before we head to Beachers.
1: All right. Well, I'll text you to see where you are in line. And you know, Nelson, you you made a good point. We haven't promoted them before. It's because our podcast started in late September and they were winding down. I think they might have only had one pop up in that time. So um, that's yeah. why we didn't promote them yet.
0: So you've tried them before, right?
1: Yeah, I've yeah. tried them before. Mm-hmm.
0: I think my favorite flavors was when they collaborated with Raised Donuts and did Vietnamese coffee. I also mm. like their lychee and their Thai iced tea. But their matcha is what they first started out with. And I, I really like the matcha. So I, I want to go very back and well that. Yes, very it's well very done. It's very
1: well done. Their texture is on point. Their flavors are on point. It's really hard to find anything wrong with what they do. They're doing a great job.
0: And what I love about it is that they, they have kind of tinkered with their recipe because when we first started, when I got it, I think like 10 seconds later, I walk out the door, it started melting right away. So I think they played it. Yeah. It doesn't do that anymore. And they Mm -hmm. play around with the recipe. So I, Mm -hmm. but they maintain the same consistency. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Monica, what's another event for this upcoming week?
1: (laughs) Oh, are you ready for burgers, Nelson?
0: Oh, so ready. So, so, ready. are ready. So you, ready know, you know, a burger is a form of a sandwich. So, and you know, <laughs> my love for sandwiches. So.
1: <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, folks. <laughs> Tuesday, February 5th, just a couple of days from now, is the start of Lil Woody's annual burger month. Four burgers, four chefs, four weeks. Diners who purchase all four burgers hashtag Nelson, um, one each week can receive a limited edition burger month denim lunch bag with leather straps by getting a stamp for each week. Our chefs this year are Stuart Lane of Spinasse and Artusi, Mutsuko Soma of Kamunegi, Mitch Mayers of Sawyer, and Melissa Miranda of Musang. Get those burgers, get those stamps, and get that denim lunch bag because I know we will.
0: Oh my gosh, that denim lunch bag. I'm so excited for
1: that. You know what, me and bags. I know, right? Because you got your apron, you got your pins and pins and pins and pins. You've got it all. And folks, just go to the website, go to their Instagram to look up the burgers. Um, we don't have enough time today to go over each burger in detail. But just the first burger is going to be by Stuart Lane of Spinoza and Artuzi. That one's going to be called the Italian Job Sandwich with Artuzzi Meatballs provolone arugula tomato sauce garlic aioli on a ciabatta bun um so again every week new burger get them get them all oh so excited
0: mm-hmm. i can't wait for the meatball sandwich i'm ready mm-hmm. for that
1: i know because we're all ramped up we
0: had meatballs yesterday too. yeah yeah <laughs> we well you can, never, you can never get a, enough of meatballs monica i have another happy hour and this is on wednesday and wednesday. rated v food miss Eunice Reyes who is also owns Lefutico is doing a 50% off happy hour sale. Wow. So Lefutico will be having a happy hour pop-up on Wednesday, February 6th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. at Mark Blackwell on 420 Virginia Street. Lefutico will be selling their famous food pun teas for only $12. Also, you can go to Mark Blackwell because they'll be serving their new happy hour menu, which includes hummus bowls, sliders, and flatbreads. Monica, it's. I think if you've never had a Lefouti Code t-shirt done or bought one before, now's a good chance to get one. If you want, I, it, I think my favorite is still probably Fuh tography Fifty
1: percent off is a great deal. So it's like what, like twelve dollars or something? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good price for a t-shirt, you guys. You should go check it out. And the space at Mark Blackwell's is pretty awesome, too. I've never been there, but I've seen plenty of pictures, and I know Nelson has.
0: Oh, it's a fantastic coffee shop slash restaurant and bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, there's so many great pieces to look at, and I, I really like the interior. And Monica, you have one final one with Sugar and Spice. Tell us about that. Sugar and Spice. So Sugar and Spice is a cookie company. Have you tried their cookies before,
1: Nelson? I've not had them. No. Okay. So, so they're pretty new. They opened up um, last year and on Saturday, February 9th from 12 to three sugar and spice will be popping up at West Elm located at 2201 Westlake Avenue. Um, the first 30 customers are going to get a free cookie. You heard me, Nelson, free cookie. That means stand Whoa. in line <laughs> and they'll be offering three seasonal flavors and three of their candies. So I've never had their candies before. Um, and I don't know what their seasonal flavors are. But if you haven't tried some of their existing cookies that can be bought at Uwajimaya, Kai market, and also online, they sell flavors. Like I'll, I'll just name my favorites. We'll start off with my favorites, matcha mallow. So it's like a matcha cookie with like a, a marshmallow, Hong Kong milk tea, which blows my mind every single time. They have a Vietnamese coffee that has this icing on it that mimics the, the condensed milk. And I tell you, these are thoughtful flavors that really, really just take me back to my childhood. Um, I started stocking them before they even started selling cookies to the public. And I did catch them last year at their first pop-up at Kai Market in Salt Lake Union. Um, It's important that if you have your heart set on one of those flavors though, that you check Kai Market and Awajamaya because they only sell certain cookies at certain locations, but you can always order online. So I'm really wondering what these three seasonal flavors are and I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. Hong Kong milk tea cookie. That sounds really good really good yeah and i and it's not yeah you can really taste that tea flavor too yeah and i've seen pictures of instagram posts of of the cookies Mm -hmm. and um -hmm. i was wondering like what is this sugar and spice cookie but now that you're talking about it these asian flavors they look they sound Mm -hmm. really good sound well thought out that's that's they are they are yeah all right monica one last one but i saved a good one for us okay flower box flower Flower box donuts have you ever been? Never been, because I won't stand in the line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should have stood in line. <laughs> How was the line uh, last week?
0: Well, I got a chance to go to the K-Banana pop-up, yeah. and we were the first people in line. I, really? I, wow. Yeah. I say it with like such proudness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you are first in line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but the I'm glad we were first in line because I'm pretty sure that half the people that waited in line didn't get the donuts because they do oh, make wow. a limited amount of donuts. So yeah. I'm not kidding. If you want to get some of their donuts, you probably will want to wait about 45 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour for the donuts. Mm-hmm. but flower Box is having another pop-up this time on saturday february 9th at 12 p.m at the garden house in beacon hill they've done it before so it's been pretty yeah. successful yeah. just to let you guys know the one at k banana only had they only sold about two f- two flavors they had the creme brulee and then a banana pudding donut
2: mm. oh, but
0: this time around you guys get a better chance of getting donuts because she's doing several more flavors so the okay. menu includes more donuts than the last pop-up as i mentioned at k banana and they include creme brulee passion fruit strawberry cheesecake, Sichuan chocolate, as well as made-to-order beignets with strawberry powdered sugar. They did this last time at the Garden House, Mm -hmm. and I I heard they were awesome. And then also, she's making salted caramel fudge brownies, too, as well.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, I will say that location is by far the most Instagrammable place that I've seen them pop up. So, you guys, more flavors, beautiful space. Check it out.
0: If I had get a chance to go, that strawberry cheesecake looks so good. And mm-hmm. again, shout out to TDT Eats because he's taken mm-hmm. some photos for Flower Box, and he makes them look so good. Oh, and yeah. then there's also yeah. an everything bagel donut too. I hope she does that in the near future because I, I yeah. want to stop by and try that one as well. That sounds good. And that's pretty much our recap for this week. <laughs> Lots of events to go to. If you see us at the Beechers event, don't be shy. Come and say hi to Monica and I. Um, we always love talking to listeners and we always love talking to foodies. Say hi. Or if you're at any event that we are at, say hi. Don't don't be shy.
1: Absolutely, guys. If you see us, come and say hi. Um, I like that much better than people staring at us all night. So uh, come on over. We'd love to hear from you. Love to meet you and learn more about you.
0: Monica, let's move on to our last segment of our show. You have a fun interview and no joke. After you introduced me to the box out in Kirkland, I've been there probably four or five times now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you um, first started seeing me, like checking in on Yelp. You just like, did Monica move to Kirkland? <laughs> Yes. So our interview today is with owner operator Reese Leneza of the Box on Wheels food truck and the Box and Burgers eatery restaurant in Kirkland. And Reese is just so humble and so nice, and he makes really great food. Here's our interview. I'm here today with Reese Laneza from uh, The Box. And all of you know, all you listeners know how much I love The Box. And also, Nelson and I have talked about it multiple times on the podcast. Reese, welcome. Hello. So, we're uh, Reese, you know, I was trying to think about, like, how long we've known each other, and I couldn't figure it out.
2: It must have been about seven, seven years now, seven because years? the truck's been open for seven years. Seven so, years, yeah. yeah
1: so it's pretty much since the beginning. And yeah. back in the day... Uh, the truck used to come to Seattle, and yeah. then after a while, the truck stopped coming uh, to Seattle. So I had to try to find you guys on the east side. And right. as you know, my co-host Nelson always says, "You know, I, I'm hardly ever on the east side." But one of the things that makes me come over this way is the truck and Thank the you. restaurant, <laughs> and, and that's no joke. I mean, the first time. Um, Nelson started seeing my check-ins on Yelp pop up in Kirkland he just kept wondering like what what is she doing in Kirkland and when he asked me when he saw me I said well the box has a restaurant now. <laughs> so so I'm always over there so uh, first of all congratulations Thank you on the you restaurant very much. why don't we start at the beginning and you tell me a little bit about how the box got started
2: so the box started with a food truck seven years ago mm-hmm. it was an idea just sitting in the living room at a friend's house Um, hanging out with my wife and a few good friends and they really wanted to see me open something like a brick-and-mortar at that time but Mm -hmm. seven years ago was when the economy was really bad Mm -hmm. Um, it was just pretty much impossible Mm -hmm. so my wife and my friend were like why don't you open up I was saying you know all I need is a box Mm -hmm. with with cooking equipment in it something that I can just serve food that represents me Mm -hmm. and Hopefully, it's good food, you know, Mm -hmm. and people love. So they're like, that's a food truck. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my background was a lot of fine dining, Mm -hmm. um, fine, you know, restaurants. And I was kind of, uh, you know, hesitant about it. But, you know, my wife really urged me and said, you know, if Mm -hmm. this is something you really want to do, this is something, you know, you should try it at Mm -hmm. least. So so I went to a small SBA loan place down in Seattle, took some classes, learned, you -hmm. know, the business aspect Mm -hmm. of it and I was lucky enough to get a loan and mm-hmm. we started a food truck. So I, at that time there was no real builders in the area. Yeah. So um, I actually had to go to a RV shop. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was this local guy in Sultan and he was excited about the build so we went back and forth mm-hmm. and it actually turned out he did a great job um, and from there then on you know we just found we had to find locations so mm-hmm. we'd go physically to these business parks and Mm -hmm. ask the landlords for permission and whatnot Mm -hmm. and they're really timid at the beginning but after that it just kind of blew up so
1: (laughs) that's awesome and, and for listeners, uh, there's a lot of like food truck history that's tied up in, in what Reese is talking about. I mean, first of all, like the classes, like that's something that's still available through right. the city and the small business yeah. association trying to get loans. But now there are other things like community colleges. Some right. some of them have classes about how to start your own food truck. Yeah. Um, and also Reese, with a chef's background, didn't have to find somebody, you know, to develop recipes. And some some people do that, you know. I mean, some right. people aren't chefs; they just want to be in a business line of having food trucks. Um, and then also back in the day, up until recent years, you couldn't just park, well, you still can't park a food truck anywhere in Seattle for sure. But back then it was really hustle. Like owners like Reese had to go from place to place. Like it wasn't a concept that people were really open to or familiar with like it is today. Um, where there's so many more trucks on the street. Back then, the laws were a lot different. So the amount of trucks was so much smaller, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. those were were the days. It's amazing how far the industry Mm -hmm. has come. It's exciting, you know. You have all these new concept coming up, mm-hmm. so it's really exciting yeah. to see all these different guys come
1: on. It is, but I also want to give credit where credit's due, because a lot of new um, mobile food businesses open up and they close up in the same year. And it's not just about, I mean, you can have the best product in the world, mm-hmm. but unless you have that business savvy as well, you're going to fail. And I right. think a lot of people think having a mobile business is easy, and it's so, so hard, it, right? People think like low startup costs, but you have to, you have to really know the industry if you're going to succeed, which is why, again, we see people open up and close up the same year. And so that really speaks to you and your ability to adapt over the years um, to go with the changing times. And so I, again, want to just give credit where credit's
2: due. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. All right. So I think um, listeners and you probably know a lot of my favorite dishes, but why don't you tell me some of the things that, you know, your customers here at the restaurant love? Like what are a couple handful of things
2: that's really popular with folks? I think the go-to is always the chicken Mm karate. I think that's something even our regulars, that come to our truck, they mm-hmm. still come here and mm-hmm. they order the chicken karaage. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a play on the chicken karaage, which is a um, Hawaiian-style chicken, mm-hmm. which is something I grew up with in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's We call it Korean chicken in Hawaii, yeah. but it's probably not Korean chicken. <laughs> no, <but> it's not. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, there's, there's these flavors that fresh ginger in there that mm-hmm. is really good. At. It lightens up the dish. It's a lot different from the kawdang but that's one of the go-tos when they come here. Mm-hmm. Um, the pork belly is always a staple. Mm-hmm. They love that. And the burgers now, yeah. we started, and that was what we opened the restaurant mm-hmm. to do, was to try and express our flavors mm-hmm. in burgers instead of just, you know, plates. So. The, I think the most popular burger is the Miso Hungry or mm-hmm. the Hilo Boy, and the Miso Hungry has a braised pork belly, which is my I love pork, mm-hmm. so it's I have to have pork in most <laughs> of my stuff. But that has a lot of different things going mm-hmm. on. It it has a saikyo miso, which is like a sweet miso, mm-hmm. and it has that um, napa cabbage slaw, which cuts all of that rich flavors in there. So it's yeah. a really balanced burger, I think. You know. Yeah,
1: and. What I love is you know when you when you first went from the truck and to also having having the restaurant, I love that you had the truck menu here, but again, like expanded right. it with with the burgers and a couple of different things. so you had a way of like not forgetting like what right. it got you here in the first exactly. place but also being sensitive to like where you are in the community and what. Possibly would expand your, your your base, and I have to say, well, like when I come on the weekends, um, sometimes it's standing room only, and, and that's no joke, <laughs> right? And and honestly, even when like you and I don't always see each other when I come in, but even when I do see you, like most of the time we can't even talk because you are back there <laughs> just killing it in the kitchen, right? Um, so for sure, um, now. You talked about the chicken karage, and I love that for sure. Uh And the Korean... (laughs) The the, (laughs) Hawaiian-style chicken, for sure. Um, I don't know about you, Reese, but when I first moved up here, I'm from Honaka on the big island. Uh When I first moved up here to the mainland, I was trying to figure out, like, why Korean... Chicken was so different <laughs> than yeah. in Hawaii, and I'm just like, oh, okay, so like this is like real Korean chicken, right. and like for some reason in Hawaii we call something completely yeah. different Korean fried chicken, right. um, and so like you know always trying to figure that out and what yeah. that looked like, um, and so I still try to explain it to people today, but, it, but it's a little bit hard. So sometimes I just have to make it myself, right. you know, I have to fry, fry some drumettes and make the sauce and like you know you twice cook it. Right. And, all this kind of stuff. So I appreciate that somebody else had that experience because I'm always like, what's going on? Um, and, and you didn't talk about the chop-chop salad. So that's something oh. that we talk about yeah. on the podcast a lot. And actually, pretty much everybody I send here, that's my number one recommendation. Because yeah. if they get the karage, they get the side salad, right? Yes. And so that's often what I recommend, is right. the karage as the signature dish. And it comes with the small chop-chops so they can try it for the first time. Right. Um, and like when you're not here, too, I don't know if you know some. I've bought as much as four bottles of dressing one time <laughs> <laughs> to take home, just in case so I don't run out in between my visits here. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about chop-up salad, because we know in, right. in, in Hawaii, like, vegetables are not the yeah. most popular yeah. thing in the world, right, <laughs> on the Big Island? So so tell us how that came about. I
2: had to think of something that, you know, was kind of, I guess, on the healthier side. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what's in the dressing. <laughs> For but, sure. You know, I, I like complexity of things Mm -hmm. so like if I was going to do a salad it had to be something that was just not a mixed green salad Mm -hmm. it had to be something with a lot of different elements Mm -hmm. in it and honestly that salad has nine different ingredients in it you know there's but each different ingredient in there creates this really Mm -hmm. great experience that's a great thing about chopped salads you know I didn't invent a chopped salad yeah you can you can change Mm -hmm. it you can change it to make it your own you Mm -hmm. know and that's that's really what about cooking is about it's about taking a dish that's been around forever Mm -hmm. you know not disrespecting it Mm -hmm. but kind of making it your own and you know hopefully adding a new experience for Mm -hmm. people to have so that's how it kind of came about you know i I, and we have a couscous salad now oh and um i needed to start thinking about healthier options or you know (laughs) semi-healthy
1: semi-healthy options
2: (laughs) i always have for sure secret sugar and everything yeah it's you know it adds a thing to it but and that's I guess that's how salads mm-hmm. started coming about, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'll let you in on a secret. So often when I have a hard time getting something that I want all the time and I can't get it all the time, I begin <laughs> to start reverse engineering it. So one example is um, Seattle Pops, which is one of my favorite like popsicle Oh, processes. yeah, I love
2: those. Yeah, stuff. right? Yeah. So
1: they, remember when they were just on the street, they didn't yeah. have a storefront, like yeah. they would rotate flavors. So like they'd only have the flavor that you like for like three Toss months. say
2: coconut, that's all like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, but, but then they wouldn't always have Right. right? So like I couldn't always get the avocado pop and like I'm a huge fan of avocado desserts because I think they're really underutilized. So one time it took me, I don't know, probably two months but I reverse engineered their recipe and the the textures and everything and so I can make it myself. So I have tried, I'm going to be honest, (laughs) I have tried so many times to reverse engineer your dressing and I can't do it. And I can't do it. I mean, I've tried the dressing. yeah. Yeah, we've tried.
2: And I have all the ingredients on the label on the back of so course because you're like, required to but yeah, like
1: it's yeah. the amounts and it's yes, the texture and yeah. it's the technique that goes into yeah. it i know you have the ingredients <laughs> i've been working so, on this for a
2: very long time i've had so many people ask mm-hmm. you know what how do you make it yeah. I mean, honestly when we first opened, yeah. a lot of my cooking it comes out of my head and mm-hmm. there's no recipes of for course. it so the that's, that's really salad, old the, school right yeah, how we grow up yeah the, it's a lot of tasting and you know you mm-hmm. know what you're looking for mm-hmm. so but when i expanded mm-hmm. and i got bigger and we're getting busier. I mm-hmm. couldn't do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to sit down with one of my first employees, mm-hmm. you probably remember Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Oscar. Um, and we would sit down, and I'm like, okay, I need your help. So mm-hmm. I write down, I said, well, I'll make it and we'll adjust it. So adjust. I kept saying, three cups of this mm-hmm. or three cups of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to add more of this, mm-hmm. And then I finally develop mm-hmm. a recipe, and that's how I usually do my things. But, you know, it's funny because. Customers would come up and say, hey, what's in there? I say, here, here's what's in it. Yeah, here it is. And they're like, how much? I'm like, well, we make huge batches of it, so I can't. I don't know, you know. And I don't have the recipe on it. So I'm like, just you know, go by taste. But Mm -hmm. they'll come back and say the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't taste the same. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't.
1: And I've tasted a lot of dressings kind of with a similar profile in my lifetime. But really, it's by far the best, and so I think I've been working on this now for four months. <laughs> and you know, I mean, so every time, like, I'm just like, I don't like that, like, throw it out, or like, I can't even eat that, throw it out. Um, no, and so I think it's just kind of an adventure too. Uh-huh. And but also as a business person, like, why would you give out the recipe, right? Because then people would stop coming here right. to get it. So that doesn't make sense. Okay, so we talked a little bit about sort of the new couscous salad and sort of thinking of healthier options. Um, that might fall into you know what we're going to talk about in terms of um, what you have planned for the future right. of the restaurant, you know the the truck, just your entire business life.
2: Right. So, what are your plans? I think we we do want to keep it exciting. So we're mm-hmm. going to add on some specials. Mm-hmm. We're going to do. We want to start a um, a burger of the month. So, awesome. create something where it's it's not just the regular. You know, mm-hmm. we always like to try and do different things, and it keeps it exciting for the guys in the back, mm-hmm. you know, it keeps their mind being creative, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we can a- showcase some of their work mm-hmm. too, so that's that's the thinking, the thinking process right now um, we're, expanding wise, you know, I think we're okay right now, it's, <laughs> it's like running two separate businesses, mm-hmm. the food truck and the restaurant, and it is a lot of work and we yeah. don't want to expand too much mm-hmm. where, you know, the quality goes down, mm-hmm. that's always my, my first thing is, we have to Keep it consistent, yeah. you know, and that's what our like you, you know, you, you come back for is the mm-hmm. consistency. If it's not consistent, mm-hmm. you'll lose a lot of your mm-hmm. regulars, and I don't want to do that because yeah. that's where you guys got us here, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, thank you, you. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, you do catering, right? Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about catering? Because so, I don't know if people necessarily think about that right. unless it, it, they need one, right? Yeah.
2: So catering has has taken off in the food truck industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of weddings now they have these really nice um, venues Mm -hmm. all over the it's it's fun to go around and see it Mm -hmm. um but now the wedding aspect is they get a really cool venue and you know there's no if they ran out of food truck Mm -hmm. there's no cleanup so there's no setup and Mm -hmm. it's it's really easy to have your guests come up and um, order food so the catering is it's gotten really good um, over the last seven years and we do on the catering side, we do a lot of different things. And um, I really tweak the menu to what the client is Mm -hmm. wanting. So and that's the fun part for Mm -hmm. me. It's I get to be creative. Yeah. So we have, you know, we have coconut prawns with our own Mm -hmm. sauce on it. Um, We have like meatball poppers, which is like Mm -hmm. these fried meatballs, which is just super awesome. You know, we have these different things Mm -hmm. that that we don't normally carry here mm-hmm. at the restaurant or on the truck so yeah, yeah has been really cool
1: yeah that sounds great it, it's also another way to sort of test the market on, yeah. on some different things right so like you're saying I I do think it's important to keep you know your chefs um, interested in the yes. work and like yeah. building their skill and getting right. their work out there as they learn and grow but it's also important to know what people are wanting to eat yes. right like what's resonating yeah. for them and try to figure out like how to get that focus group experience yeah. um, to whether or not you bring it back to the to the restaurant or the truck.
2: that yeah. is exactly correct Monica you know it's like you're cooking ultimately for your guests yeah you you have to figure out what they want Mm -hmm. you know Um, if i was to cook for me i would cook instant ramen all night (laughs) (laughs) throw a few eggs in there
1: yeah it's funny (laughs) that you say that that, that, that's yeah that's what i made for my son last night because he um he's just kind of learning that you know and so um he ate two packages of top ramen last night and you know dressing it up and it's like Oh, I don't have any kamaboku. In, <laughs> yeah, in I fr- know. So for, for listeners, kamaboku is that uh, fish cake with the white middle and that pink outer edge. And in Hawaii, we cut that up and put that in all our like noodle soup dishes. Yeah. And actually, not even soup Just We just like it with noodles. Yeah. Like fried noodles, too, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. All right, Reese. So where can people find you on social media? Where are you most active? We're Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to do a lot of Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to build that up. And that's where our main focus is right now
1: great. And so on um, on Instagram, it's the Box and Burgers Eatery, right? Is where people yes. can find you. And on Facebook, I think, is it the Box on Wheels? I'm trying to think. Yes. Of? Okay, Box it's the Box on Wheels, Wheels because yeah. that was um, originally when it was just the truck before the restaurant. Right. And so, yeah. uh, so just we kind of
2: have a combined For game sure. Game and right.
1: just if people are trying to find find you all, um, you also on Twitter, and that's mostly to post um, the truck route, which old school food truckers, yeah. we always look to Twitter right. for updates, yeah. because that was, back in the day, the only way the trucks really communicated that was the primary way right all right Reese thank you so much for spending time with us today um, and looking forward to um, hearing more from the business in the future
2: thank you so much thanks
1: and that's our interview with Reese Leneza from the box on wheels food truck and the box and burgers eatery in Kirkland if you have a chance check out their food on the streets or go ahead to the restaurant and get my favorite chop chop salad Nelson what else you got for us today
0: Monica I just want to let you know our last interview with Pam Montgomery of Chucker Cherries. Mm-hmm. I just got some breaking news. They just won gourmet food of the year at the Las Vegas market. What? Yes. Gourmet wow. Insider Magazine named them for their original assortment as the first gourmet gift to win the award since that was added in 2019. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. Original assortment named best in category at 2019 Housewares Design Awards. That's Congratulations, really Chucker. That's so awesome. That's pretty much our show, guys. Monica, any
1: last words? No last words. Looking forward to yet another busy week on the streets of Seattle eating all the food.
0: I can't wait for our next episode because it's a Valentine's Day special edition. Aw, yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Happy eating, Seattle.